0: I I gotta say, probably um, probably go baboon's ass. I think. Oh, I okay. Okay. No real rhyme or reason to it, but just it's less noticeable because it's in your back. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a good reason. Like, let's go with that. <laughs> Got it.
1: Okay. Cool. I uh, I pick. I don't want to agree with you, but I pick the baboon's ass too. I guess. <laughs> right. I mean,
0: it it's like this is one where it's like, man, there may not be a good answer to this one, right? But like. You know, given two bad options, you go with the, the least shitty one. And I think in this well, case, yeah, sorry, finished the
1: pun? No, <laughs> well, you I mean you saw where I was going with it? Like, uh... <laughs> hello, everyone. Welcome to One Thousand Crazy Questions the podcast i'm your currently sane host houston pierce this is a podcast where i have, at least, where I have on at least one guest a week and oh my god this is a podcast where we have at least one guest we can have a, and ask them a, a series of crazy would you rather questions we get to the psyche of our guests and support topics of questions that maybe should have been explored I take my questions from you, listener, from a list of 1,000 questions. You can submit questions suggestions to me at 1kcrazyquestions at gmail.com or at 1,000 Crazy Questions on Instagram. That's 1000 on Instagram. I'm also um, on Twitter, but who cares about Twitter? Your social media username will get a shout out if your question makes the episode. Please rate and follow 1,000 Crazy Questions on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, Spotify, and all those other good places. And that's it. More about maybe some of that at the end of the show. Let's get into the episode this week. All right. He is a consultant in neurodivergence. And oh man, that, I don't, that's such a big word. I feel stupid saying it. I said it right. Neurodivergent, a mental health expert, a professional speaker, Dr. Matthew Zekreski. It's not the name right. Look at you, man. You crushed it. Not an easy name. <laughs> I was like, oh, let's do it. And I said it. So it worked out. You just got to dive in. That's all you can do. So. True. So if you want to tell the people about, you know, a little bit about yourself, what you do for fun and professionally.
0: Yeah. So, you know, my whole life is sort of about neurodivergence, right? I grew up as a gifted kid in Jersey. And in high school, I got diagnosed with ADHD, which explained a lot. And, you know, when I went through college and into grad school, I was like, I want to work with kids like me. Turns out there's a lot of kids like me, right? And now we know that, you know, that this stuff stems from literally different brains, right? Like I can show you brain scans, and be like, this is the ADHD brain. This is the gifted brain. This is the dyslexia brain. And this is a, what we'd call a neurotypical brain, a regular brain. And it's really important for people to understand that that these things aren't choices, right? This is not bad parenting. It's not too much sugar. It's not TikTok. Everyone likes to blame TikTok, right? It's just literally neuroscience, right? So and, you know, I often describe myself as a professional nerd. You know, I'm a brain nerd. I'm a Star Wars nerd. I'm a comic book nerd. And when I get to work with kids who are gifted and otherwise neurodivergent, I can spend a lot of my day talking deep Star Wars canon with people. Or like, who do you think would win in a fight? Iron Man or Seven Hulks? I'm like, that's a great question, right? And I was like, you know, this is a podcast that asks questions. I Mm. like that. So, you know Mm. what I mean? And on this uh, mission to, you know, get the word out there about these kids with different brains to help destigmatize mental health, you know. And, you know, I mean, I love what I do. You know, it's a very cool thing to be me. Um, So I get to travel all over the country, sometimes all over the world, you know, talking about this stuff because, you know, whether the word neurodivergent is a word you think about every day or it's brand new to you, I guarantee you have neurodivergent people in your life. And sometimes understanding Mm. their brains and the needs that flow from those brains can unlock brand new parts of that
1: relationship, it's hmm. pretty cool. That is really interesting. That's cool, and it's it's a it's seven hulks easy,
0: yeah, um, absolutely, absolutely right.
1: Yeah, that's yes.
0: Yeah. The yeah. only caveat would be if the hulks turned on the hulks, right? Because red hulk and gray hulk sometimes go after green hulk, right? So we gotta, true, you know, like, are, are they aligned? Then sure, right? But if there's chaos within the hulks, then Iron Man could, uh, you know, could you know
1: mess True. with that he's not, yeah tony stark is smart though but he's no psychologist i don't know he's he is he's not known for his brain right well he is known for his brain but not his uh i don't know mental trickery i guess
0: yeah like he's more of a stem guy than a person
1: guy <laughs> yeah, right? there you know? it is there right? it is yeah that's what i'm trying <laughs> to get at cool man i might throw some of those questions in there just because just now because you brought that up but uh let me explain the rules to the people real quick there are two rules to this game slash conversation. Rule number one, you must always answer the question no matter what. If you have no preference towards one or the other, you say the phrase, flip a coin, meaning that each choice is 50-50 to you and that one is neither worse worst than the other. But that rarely happens so it may not get used. Rule number two, whoever asks the question doesn't have to answer it, If they choose not to. These rules exist because as the questions become harder to answer, the rules become harder to follow. This week we have a ripping episode, so the questions asked how to discuss will be, fa- oh wait, will not be family friendly. So if you want to check out the red, the blue version of the podcast where the questions are not as raunchy, there's no cursing. Go check those out. Otherwise, stay put. And uh, Matthew just want to remind you if you have any different questions for me or variations of the questions I have asked. This is a conversational podcast. There's no interrupting. And um, yeah, quick warm form disclaimer to listeners. everything is hypothetical. If you are offended, sorry. That that's where it kind of stops. Um, You can at me. I probably won't answer, but you can. And um, lastly, lastly, before we begin, is there, uh, Matthew, is there anything that you like to ask or declare or any inherent mental biases you know you may have? I mean, it, it's funny, like
0: when I was thinking about this and doing my prep for it, it made me think of those would you rather as we did when we were kids. And I was always so bad at them, I guess, because to me, it's like, there's always an answer. And people are like, oh my god, would you make out with your mom for a billion dollars? I'm like, I mean, maybe that's a billion dollar. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm not saying I'm saying there's a number, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, so yeah. I, like, I, I, people are like, no, no way, no way. I was like, I mean, all I'm saying is, someone offered me a billion dollars to like eat raw, f- like, like moldy fish. I probably hey, you can pay- billion dollars can pay
1: for a lot of hospital stays, right? Yeah. You know, like- yeah that's true no really? the problem the problem with those kids is that they are the number was too high you gotta lower it that that's where the challenge is just a yeah. billion dollars no no take it down a million right. and then you find the price and then you right. sell them and then as soon as right. they say okay i'll do it for five hundred thousand, okay, uk okay and then you pull the money out of your purse your pocket and you go do it and then it turns it. real Stop and that. then yeah that's yeah. where it goes um cool a first hard-hitting question doritos or Pringles? Man, I
0: this was the question I actually had the most trouble with because <laughs> I was a snack kid forever. Mm-hmm. Um, I could tell you for most of my life, the answer would have been Doritos. But now I'm 40. You know, the the food don't go down the way it used to. So I'm going to say Pringles.
1: Hmm, but I mean, your gut can tell the difference. You can taste the difference. Like your gut oh. knows like, oh, I can't do Doritos. And then like, oh, these are Pringles. These are potato chip scraps. I can do these.
0: Right. I mean, there's, there's just less going on in a Pringle, right? I think it's like, you know, I mean, you look at the ingredients on the bag versus the tube. There's a lot less on the tube. So, you know, but yeah, I mean, like I do, I mean, spicy, sweet chili Doritos were my breakfast, lunch, uh-huh. and dinner for like most of my twenties. And, you know, I was like, why can't I lose these last 10 pounds? Well, Matt, you're eating the you know purple Doritos 17 times a week. You know, now it's like, yeah, you know what? I met salt and vinegar Pringles. I'm feeling that. Like, it came out with that spicy elote kind. I'm like, mm, you know, that's, my, that's the deal right there. So,
1: man, no, you you just named the best Pringle type too. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, no, you off the bat. All right, <laughs> we're moving on. Uh, would you rather have Superman's powers mm-hmm. or be the absolute richest person on Earth? Superman's powers. Absolutely. Hmm, okay. Okay. Are you not worried about the great power responsibility dynamic? You have these powers, but now do you have to become him? Is your job? That's the ba- that's the loophole, right? Who says I have to? Who says I have to go public?
0: No one really, but... right? You know, I mean, the thing that makes Superman really interesting as a character, as an archetype, right, is that he's out there. He's very visible. He holds himself to the highest standard, but nothing to say. I could have those powers and just like. Solve problems on weekends or or like keep it very much on the down low, right? Superman chooses to be that public, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, I have a lot of desire to help people so I could do a lot of good, but I could do it on my own terms.
1: Mm -hmm. Unless you get people going, why didn't you act? Why didn't you do something? The,
0: i'll take a i'll take a line from what you just said you can at me but i'm not gonna listen right? <laughs> i gotta yeah, for... you,
1: you can say something it doesn't mean i'm gonna respond yeah
0: well you sure yeah. are the worst superman that's an that's a it's a hot yeah. take
1: yeah. Hot take. you right? could you could wear a mask but i mean so, yeah. there's no let's say, yeah you could do that like who is superman where's do we have his phone number I don't know, you could do that
0: i did wear yeah. glasses for most of my life i'd be like oh you can't find me now it's like come on bro like <laughs>
1: People, yeah, I like the glasses thing. It's like people want to see what they expect. That I like that. Simple metaphor. So nothing about the money is enticing, though. You're like, because ah, you can do a lot of good with that much money. Well,
0: I'll tell you this, right? Like the research on money vis-a-vis happiness is really interesting. They're, basically, it says after $170,000, somewhere around there, more money doesn't necessarily bring more happiness, right? That's... You know that's a it's an interesting thing because, you know, if you have eleven million dollars or twenty five million dollars, you know, I don't know how much difference there is. I mean, listen, I don't have that kind of money, right? I'm in men- I'm in mental health. I'm not exactly rolling in dough here, yeah, right. But you know, there was um, uh, one of the one of the the basketball players. Um, it was
1: like a like an all star player.
0: No, that's the thing. It wasn't all star player. It was like somebody like. I think it was Blake Griffin. Okay, for the veterans minimum, and they're like, "Yo, why you?" He's like, "You could take more money somewhere else." He's like, "I signed two nine-figure contracts in my career. What's another eight hundred thousand dollars for me? Like versus like a two million-dollar contract?" He's like, "I want to win a ring. That's what I'm here to do at this point in my career. Like that's. I mean, listen. If you're out there and you're getting every last cent, go child, right? Like that's that's your thing. But to me, I mean, I've made a lot of money. I've made not a lot of money." I'm a lot happier making money, but I don't think that, you know, being the richest person in the, in the world would bring that much more joy to my life. Mm. Right? I think that I'd rather, I'd rather affect positive change with my own two hands. Granted, they're super powered hands, but I'd rather do it myself.
1: That's super really interesting. Here's here's the loop around I think about this. When people say, "Oh, my more money doesn't bring more joy," I always think, "Well, if it's not making you happy anymore." why don't you just make other people happy and then that will make you happy you know the charity like i mean yeah. at least at least personally i know you know christmas everyone says it's cheesy but christmas is about giving not receiving there's joy in giving laughter money food whatever to others like yeah. if you have that much money and you're not and you're done making your own happiness why don't you just Make other people's happiness and that will give you happiness. I don't like, you know, I don't have that much money and I haven't, I haven't talked to him with that much money. I'm like, what? I mean, like, I guess, you you know, you can't give everything away to charity, but if you, can't, you can go make meaningful difference with your hands with the piles of cash you have. Right. I mean, it's like uh, I think someone did the numbers and like technically Bezos can end homelessness if he just built everyone else, which he has the money to do. Like, yep. if you're and if you're by the way, it would kind of suck to be Basil's level and popularity where everyone knows what you can do with your money. Because the fact that everyone can say, chime in and go, you can do this, kind of sucks. But, like, if everyone at that level can can do that and you have much money, why not? You know, why not act? I think it's kind of, it's a great power thing, just like Superman, only it's a little bit more public in nature. Mm-hmm. Because it's, you know, everyone can kind of look up your figures.
0: Right. I I keep coming back to this idea there are no ethical billionaires, right? But if you have superpowers, your ethics are your own choice, right? So mm-hmm. to me, that's, that's like the interesting thing. And I mean, it, it, as a mental health professional, I can tell you, you can't therapy your way out of poverty, right? I've got kids who need better schools, who are gifted kids, who are work, working at this incredible level, and they don't have the support. And they're going to schools with black mold or not enough teachers, right? And I'm like, man, there's no therapy for this, right? You know, the best therapy I could offer anybody on planet Earth is here's $500,000, an ice cold drink, and a hug, right? That, I mean, like, that would solve a lot of ills, you know, right? Yeah. But and I'm, I'm good at my job, right? But I mean, when it comes to, like, systemic inequity, right? Yeah,
1: that's harder to fight
0: right? It absolutely is. And it's an uphill battle. And, you know, and I've got to make a living, right? I mean, like, I I would love to give this stuff away for free. I would, I mean, absolutely. But I've got, you know, grad school is not cheap. I've got to pay off my student loans, like, you know, keep a roof over my head and, you know, food in my kids' bellies, right? It's like someone was actually on a different podcast I was on. Someone was like, well, would you accept it if, you know, they said all psychologists get paid $180,000 a year, no matter what, And everyone can use your, you know, your, your services for free if they have, you know, Medicaid insurance. I'm like, I would sign up for that in a minute, right? Absolutely in a minute because guaranteeing me a good salary, people don't have to jump through hoops to see me. I can, you know, if everyone can choose me, I can be more thoughtful in who I pick because I know there's 85,000 other people they could see, right? So, Mm. you know, I would happily. it makes me a bad capitalist, right? But like, I would happily take a little off the top end to make sure we, we raise the floor up from the sub-basement to just like the ground,
1: you know what I'm saying, Like So. Hmm. Yeah, no, that's a, that's, that's a good thought, man. I, but not to sway you, but also to sway you. So it sounds like money may be more useful for you, no? Like, you know, just, it's not a worry for you at all. Then you can help other people. You can, like you said, can give that kid 5,000 bucks. And, you know, and like a a bed, if they don't have it or whatever, you know, food that's not molded, does does that not sway you a little bit to pick the money? Oh, I mean, it it, it absolutely does. I mean, there's not a bad answer
0: here. No. Right. But, you know, what it sort of boils down to is like when you when the two objective qualities are pretty simple, then it goes to the subjective. And no matter how much money I have, like I could buy a private jet or a helicopter that don't beat being like, hey. I'm going to fly to your house right now. And next thing I'm on your side of the camera, right? Like, you know, I mean, shit. Like,
1: I, mean, you know, I guess. Right? Yeah. What, super therapist? Oh, you're showing
0: I'll be there in a minute.
1: Right. Wait, what's going on? Bullies. You I, all right. I guess so. Yeah. Either way, it's helpful. All right. Next question. Would you rather? Know that the afterlife in Coco was real. I'm I'm assuming you've seen the Pixar film Coco. Oh yes. Oh yes. Okay. I lost a Boss Baby that year for some reason. It makes I me better. I mean,
0: yeah. That's. I mean,
1: Boss Baby is not without its charm. Eh.
0: It's a visual masterpiece. I ugly cried at the end of that movie.
1: Yeah. No. I I don't cry often. Maybe something's wrong with me. I don't know. But I, it's hard for me to cry in general. Period. But I'm not even trying to hold it in. There. But Coco. I was dangerously close. Like that, that with that grandma smiling with that song. Oh, oh, oh my god! See down here, bro. No, it's <laughs> it's great movie. Uh, yeah. Or, um, Toy Story two is really sad too. Or know yeah. that Toy Story is real and that toys really do have a secret life and care for people take care for the kids that leave them.
0: Yeah. You know, I mean, this is one you go back and forth on. I think that you know, I grew up Catholic with a very clear idea of heaven, like in the Catholic sense. Mm -hmm. And, and honestly, like, the older I get, the more I'm about like, let's maximize the time I have here. So as cool as Coco is, I actually would prefer Toy Story. Because if toys have secret lives, then like, then I can maximize my joy on life here on this planet. Because it's like, you know, the toys are doing stuff. So to me that, you know, you know, I don't know if I want to roll the dice on an afterlife situation where I can like have a, you know, kick a ball around with my actual soccer ball.
1: I mean, would you not feel um, guilty, you know, for like not playing with your toys? Or if you see someone mistreat a toy, it's like, those are practically people, you know?
0: I mean, well, I mean, there are The whole the Toy Story universe brings up a lot of really interesting ethical questions, right? I mean, like I had younger sisters, I ripped I ripped some heads off Barbies growing up. That's decapitating somebody, right? Like that's murder, you know. Like they don't like it. Right. You think about like what does that mean? Like, am I a bad person? You know, or like what if you are, you know, I play a lot of frisbee. The other day I was playing frisbee golf with a buddy. I absolutely corked one and it went into a tree and the disc split down the middle. So, did I just murder my frisbee? You know, so I mean, it's you know there are some things to tap dance around, but I think that you know if I'm if I'm laying if I'm laying cards down on one side of the table or not, I would rather play with my toys, right? Because that's the thing, like there are always going to be kids who need toys, right? And if the lesson from Toy Story Three is that life continues going when when you age out of a thing there can and should be a kid behind you willing to pick that up. You know, I mean, you know, we do a lot of donations and fundraising up here. Like, it's really important to me and my wife. Like, you know, when our kids cycle through toys, when they're done, we put them right away, you know, either in the American Lupus Foundation or there's a local charity, you know, underserved families called Helping Hands up here. And like, you know, we're aggressive with that stuff, you know, because honestly, it just sits sits around right and like i tell our kids all the time like if we don't need it there's a family out there who does our job since we are blessed with more is to pass that along so i think you know if toys are alive then we are then there's all the more reason to be aggressive about that
1: wow okay that makes sense i mean like your background on it like how you're already kind of doing the steps to kind of if you're treating the toys with respect and the care that they kind of deserve so like knowing they're real is like extra enrichment in your life of like yeah mm-hmm. hmm. that's cool i wanted to, i don't know coco tell me if you agree with this but i think coco's kind of weird in that it's like you can cheat the system you know you said you grew up catholic it's yeah. funny like you know the main the main villain quote unquote um yeah. I can't remember his name right now, which is crazy. He said, remember Cruz, me. De Thank La you. Cruz. How could I forget him? Sorry. De La Cruz. He cheats the, you know, the ethical death system. This is very bare bones basic, but bad equals bad afterlife. Good equals good afterlife. Right? He cheats it because he's either a liar and a and a thief. And he lives in the afterlife and he celebrated in the afterlife. And it's only through a freak accident that the man gets outed and then shunned in the afterlife. Like he, you can get away with murder literally if people remember you and like, and the more people remember you, the better your afterlife is. It, yeah. I don't know. I I yeah. think I, I, I thought that was really like, it's an oversight in like a, I would live, love Coco the movie, but that, I don't know. I thought that was kind of crazy. Like, so if you picked it, all you have to do is kind of focus on either having kids or getting famous. It doesn't matter what your actions are. As long as you do those two things, you're golden. Well, and that's, I mean, that gets back to the, um, you
0: know, that gets back to the Jeff Bezos problem that we talked about before, right? Like, you could build a million monuments to yourself and, you know, name schools after yourself and buy rivers or whatever it is you want to do, right? That is essentially buying yourself immortality. You know, You know, I think that, I think a life well lived echoes in eternity. And I think honestly that happens best at the smallest level, at the micro level, not the macro level. You know, you change, you take care of your neighborhood, your people, and then if you're in a position to change things globally, then God bless you, right? But I think it's, you know, I I want to change the world. It's actually my job to help change the world, but I don't do that by going on CNN and saying everybody listen to me, and do that by going to. 100 different schools, 100 different businesses, 100 different community organizations, and sharing resources and information and saying, like, I want you to know what I know, so you can help other people. Because then, you know, if I help a school and a school has 300 teachers, and those 300 teachers teach 8,000 kids, and those 8,000 kids come from 8,000 families, and those 8,000 families have other kids, right? I mean... You, I mean, like it's not just throwing a rock in the pond; it's throwing mm-hmm. a boulder in the pond.
1: Mm-hmm. So, that's exponential growth. Is yeah, yeah like you're yeah. starting. It's an avalanche or whatever, a rock slide or whatever. You have one, trips two, trips four, trips like you're you're doubling or you're tripling, quadrupling, whatever your reach. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then charity starts at home. Yep, it's got to. Yeah, that's true. Um, I think I agree with you. By the way, I think I, I guess I picked toys. It would freak me out a little bit, but I think I picked toys. Would you rather only be able to poop in public? Like mm-hmm. that's that's the only way you can go. Yep. Or at least with um some stranger watching if, if it can't be public. Or you can only pee when you're wearing pants and you cannot wear diapers.
0: <laughs> I mean, like this is when I was like, all right, we're going here. I mean, I I gotta tell you, I do all the laundry in our family. I'd rather pee if I can only pee if I'm wearing pants. I do the laundry anyway.
1: I'm just washing a lot of my pants. Really? You just, yeah. You, I don't, don't, do you travel? I mean, like if you're out and about and, you know, you know, you need to pee, do you just drive home and hmm.
0: like. I mean, I think you probably ca- end up carrying around some sort of backpack, right? With a wet bag in it and with a lot of shit, you know, cha- changes the pants. I mean, listen, man, <laughs> my first job in mental health was working with kids with ah. severe behavioral issues. I have been if it is a thing that comes out of a body, it has been on me at some point or another. So like my, yeah, my threshold for that is super freaking high. I'm like, I'm like, oh, look, there's feces on my leg. All right. That's, that's a Tuesday, you know? No, 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 no. no. You know, like I'm weird. Like I, I I would never ask anybody else to feel this way, (laughs) but you know, it's you know, people like, oh my gosh, you have kids, you know, like what's that gonna be like for you? I'm like, I mean, you don't think I've touched wet pants before? Because like I have, you know. But when you listen, when you work in mental health, you have experiences that definitely shift how you see the universe.
1: Oh, I can't do it. I can't that's where my limit is. That thing that's where yeah. I can't deal with other people's bodily. Waste liquids. I can't. I I just, oh no. Yeah. No. Well, oh, maybe I'm projecting because I can't do that. Well, I mean, I don't think it's
0: projecting. I think it's, I think it's you're being honest with yourself, right?
1: Yeah. I, I guess so. Oh, but yeah. No, I can't do it. I'm going to move on to next question. This one's open ended. Which one, in your opinion, makes for more of fulfilling life? Accomplishments like communal and political. Doing things for other people, slashing you know, up the next generation. I think we we're just talking about that. Or making meaningful like social relationships and personal comfort, which would you recommend is yeah. more fulfilling. So
0: I think I think social relationships are everything. I think they drive the world. And you know, it's funny, like I get to give talks. All over the world. And, you know, and like there are better speakers than me. There are people who are better than me at this, but a lot of them are hard to work with. Right. And I'm easy to work with. I love what I do. I'm good at it. You know, I'm good at creating relationships. I'm good at reaching out to people. You know, I've always said if you have more, you build a bigger table, not a higher fence. Right. And it's amazing to me how often sustaining relationships wings back and helps you in some way. I mean, one of one of my friends from high school, you know, I mean, this is a woman who is brilliant and, you know, was I always consider her an intellectual peer. We fell off out of high school, as, as people do, but, you know, we ran into each other at the union, at our reunion. Turns out she's a copy editor. I'm writing a book. I needed a copy editor that I could trust, right? And then, boom, I've got a copy editor, right? Like, so, yeah, I mean, like, Maybe you press the political buttons and you get a bridge named after you or you get to testify on the floor of Congress. And that's cool. I mean, that's not without value. But, you know, I mean, it, you know, it's funny, like to go back to the Superman for a second, I was always much more drawn to Spider-Man and Batman because their their problems are more street level, right? Hmm. It's more relationships rather than, You know, Superman, who's godlike and can fly from Iceland to Ireland to Iowa in 10 seconds. Right. You know, and I so to me, it's like you create meaningful relationships with people. And it's like planting a garden Like you don't know what's going to grow, but, you know, it's going to be pretty awesome. So
1: people, I mean, it's still to help out people like that's the overall mission. So makes sense. Like you're kind of taking both, but in your way. Hmm. I don't know what the best way I can kind of get that or, or relate is like the Superman thing. I don't know. I I was always drawn more to Superman. He's my favorite um superhero. And it sounds very generic cuz everyone's like, "Oh, you, he's the strongest." And that's why I, no, I, I don't like him because he's the strongest. I like him because he is uh the opposite of uh, geek, you know the whole more money, more issues thing like he the more power um the more evil or corruptible you are. And Mm -hmm. um, like absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. That that phrase that saying Yep. Superman flies in the face of that. He defies it like he's the popular strong guy who's also nice to the nerds and the jocks and the grandmas and the dogs and everyone else like he's impossibly nice with all this power. So I like him more than the other heroes. And I love Batman. Batman's like number two because he's all about self-development and what you can achieve and like who you can be around, even though he's just a human and how much he does. But I don't know, I like the lofty goals. And even the phrase, this looks like a job for Superman, means that, oh, like whatever, like here comes the giant alien star. Uh no one else can do this. We can't call him Batman. We can't call a Flash. This has to be Superman. I like that idea. So I don't so to bring it back down, I think I don't know, making like, connections are good. And Mm -hmm. I, I, like, you're definitely losing something with personal comfort, but I think sowing seeds and accomplishments and being able to do Superman-like things for everyone, whether it's having all the money or having those powers, feels very fulfilling. And I think that is like, from um, a virtuous standpoint, the correct answer. Obviously, there's no correct answer. This is theoretical. I think that's the correct answer, and my personal choice would be the personal comfort one because I am selfish <laughs> or like, cause I, who doesn't want to have personal comfort and also relationships. Um, Superman with his relationship, like, you know, he has a good one with Lois, but how often do they really see each other when he's always on call? Yep. There's, I don't know. I feel like the, can you, like, would you agree that the quote unquote right answer would be the other one or is it they're equal and there's no, there's no right answer. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that. I don't
0: think there could be a right answer, right? Because, first off, a right answer implies there's a right way to be social and connect with other people. Like some people are extroverts, some people are introverts, right? I'm an extrovert. I can, you know, if you throw me at a party where I don't know anybody, I'm going to walk out of there with five friends, right? That's just how I'm wired. But some people, who don't do as all well like that. You know, introverts have this thing, I like to call it intra-virtuous, where it's like they can't do small talk, but if someone needs help, they'll step into the space, right? It's like, I don't want to be here, but God knows I'm going to do it, right? So to me, that's always sort of felt like, you know, everybody picks their own lane, everybody plays to their strengths, you know, I think that's a that's a thing to value and a thing to become aware of so you do play to your strengths, Right. You know, I, one of my clients was like, when he was single, he was like going all those speed dating things. And I'm like, I won't, I was like, dude, I'm going to say this gently. Like, you're kind of an awkward duck. Like, you're you're sort of weird. Like, I don't think speed dating is a thing for, like, you're an acquired taste. And he's like, well, that's not kind of like, I, I was like, I don't know if it's kind, but like... Honest? It's honest? It's honest. And like, and also like, if you've got... You know if you've got a skill set you play to the skill set right like so what he started doing was going to more like comic cons dungeons and dragons conventions uh dragon con stuff like that mm-hmm. and like you know they have badges that's like i'm single right and all of a sudden people were buying him drinks and like taking him to coffee and he was calling me he's like guess who i woke up with and i'm like do you think kid?" because he started playing with strengths right so mm-hmm. you know yeah is there better I don't know. I think better is ultimately what works for you.
1: Yeah. Now That's a really wise answer. That's what they pay me for. <laughs> no. Hey, what can I say? Now, that's apparently. Uh, I'm just going to press on. Next question. I don't know if it's going to be as meaningful as the other, but uh, would you rather have fetish for lint, olive oil, and hairy fat bellies, and this is the only thing that turns you on? Or every time you laugh, it sounds like you're having the best orgasm of your life. I mean,
0: best orgasm of my life, full stop. I mean, like, oh, mm-hmm. oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, because, you know, the most iconic scene in American cin- cinema is Meg Ryan from When Harry Met out. <laughs> and I was, no one looking at her going like, oh, I I wish I wasn't like that. But right? People are, you know, whether they're saying it or not, they're all like, yo, damn like you know they're having a good time people, right? yeah so if you make me laugh in public and i sound like i'm going to the top of the mountain like you probably should laugh with me
1: you know what you're right that one's not even balanced yeah <laughs> just laugh who's gonna stop you right yeah no i agree with you i'm going i'm going there with you
0: yeah they say laugh in the world laughs with you right well you know what <laughs> this will yeah. be a way to do that mm-hmm. um
1: that would not interfere with your social life at all, or nah, yes, no,
0: people would get used to it, you know. I mean, like, you know, I, you know, my uh, my cousin, we know when he really gets going, he starts making this like high pitched squeaking noise, like that when he's laughing so hard he can't breathe. It's like, <laughs> and it's like the first time you hear it, it's like, is he dying? But after a while, it's like, nah, like, I mean, he's fun to take to the comedy club because the comedians take one look at him, and like. How do I make him make that sound again? I'm like,
1: ah. Smart. Yeah, put him close to the recording, like oh, the absolutely. microphone. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you, you. Move him over there. Yeah, More give him of the that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's weaving. <laughs> give him the mic. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Uh, would you rather live to the age of 200 or have fire powers?
0: Yeah. So the, the only thing I've got to know about this one is that am I fully aging to the year 200? Like... Is my body continuing to grow and atrophy, or am I keeping the body I have right now, but my age continues to go?
1: Good sort question.
0: Like a, right, sort of like a Mr. Miracle situation.
1: It's it's sort of um, like a, a prolonged normal. So 200 will be practically age 100, and 100, I guess, would just be 50. So you're okay. you're it's slowed down. You will reach an age where you're decrepit, but that's like one. 70 to 200 where you're like you think you're, you're feeling it and you're feeling it for longer Yeah. okay
0: so yeah so i mean i was leaning towards this
1: anyway not it down firepowers. Mm-hmm. Right? okay got it yeah but nothing's enticing about old age i mean i've always
0: been like better to <laughs> better to burn out than fade away <laughs> you know that's just me um and oh, I made a pun with the fire powers. That's fun. Yeah, uh, you did. Just
1: like,
0: you know, like I just, I think I I do I will do more good on this world, you know, doing my own thing, than I would um than like living forever. So yeah, that's. But,
1: huh. I, you can do more though. I mean, I, you could just do more with two hundred. I mean, like you can learn a lot. I don't know. You yeah. you can expert your craft. It's none of it.
0: Well, I mean, you know, it's. I think it really boils down to like when you saw the movie Groundhog Day, did you want to be Bill Murray, right? Like, I think mm-hmm. that, right? You know, essentially, godlike longevity comes with a cost. Versus, like, I'm assuming I can control the fire powers that I have. I'm like, sure, hey, you know, like, right? If I have control over them, it's like, oh, this is awesome. Like, nobody in my neighborhood will ever have to worry about having a cold house because i will just come to their house and set stuff on fire or like you know there's something bad happening that fire could help i would use fire to help right i mean and i guess it would be at the moment but i'll come up with something it's a destructive one that i mean but the power you know well talking about be- beautiful animated movies did you see elemental yes so what ember does with the with the glass oh right? I mean, fire can lead to beauty and, you know, maybe I'm just the world's best hibachi chef, but like, maybe I take sand and turn it into beautiful art. Maybe I, you know, you know, like, you know, you pick like an abandoned building in town. We take all the glass from that building, which is one of the biggest safety risks and we melt it into something awesome. Right. So, you know, I mean, yeah, I think I, I think I'm, I know I could do some good with it.
1: Yeah. All right, cool. No, I respect your choice. Out uh, of curiosity, though, if you if you couldn't have fires and you just did 100 years, what would you do? If your life was prolonged and you couldn't, you know, whatever. If okay. you couldn't, yeah. I
0: would go to every country. Hmm. Right? I mean... I, I'm lucky enough to have international colleagues and I, I take such great pains to not be an ugly American. And it's like, and I and as much as I value travel, there are places I'll never go, right? I'm probably never going to get to Laos or Bhutan or Djibouti, right? Like, but I would sure I would love to, right? I would love to be able to go because there's, you know, this gets back to like the relationships and the intimate social connections. Like you break bread with people, you see their homes, you see the, you know, you get on the street and you see what it's like in Oman or Kabul or wherever you might end up being, right? But like, you know, I always, you know, one of the things that I, I often say is like, I refuse to eat in the in the restaurant in my hotel, right? It's one of my rules. You know, I mean, I'm going to find a brew pub. I'm going to find a sandwich joint. Like, I always ask the guy at the desk, like, where would you eat, Right. Because you know, if you eat a Ruby Tuesdays in Memphis, it's not that far from Buffalo or Tacoma or San Diego, right? But if you eat at Lose Reb Shack, and it's got like you know, f- you know, a million five-star reviews on Yelp, but a B minus from the health inspector, I want to eat at Lose because I want to know what that scene is like. So I think that you know, the cultural exchange that occurs when you go to a place changes you forever. And if you do it right, it changes the people with whom you interact forever.
1: Man, I really love your answers. It's hard to fight you on these things, honestly, because I'm I'm just listening to the answer. I'm like, yeah, that's good. I mean, running out of time. I have two questions. Do you want kind of a dumb one first, or like a it's kind of a stupid one to end on, or kind of a a deeper one to end on? Let's do deeper than dumb. Deeper than dumb. Okay. Would you rather have everyone see your thoughts floating above your head in like an illustrated cloud and everyone could just see your thoughts, you can't turn this off, or uh, have no one trust you with anything important for the next two years? It doesn't matter what you do, no one's going to trust you.
0: Well, this one, yeah, this one's an easy one for me. Really? Trust is fundamental to what I do. I cannot be a mental health professional without trust.
1: Hmm. Oh, Yeah.
0: Kids got to know they can trust me. They got to know I'm going to hold their secrets, right? Because, you know, I cannot tell you how many times I do a session and a parent texts me, what my kids say? And I'm always like, you know, I can't answer that question. If your kid knew I was turning around talking to you, they'd never talk to me, right? I'm a pretty blunt person anyway. I wear my heart on my sleeve. You know, I think having my thoughts visible would be not that much of a difference than how I live my life right now. You know, mm. it, it would probably be a little rough if you're like, you know, At the gym and somebody walks by in a very tight revealing outfit you you know your thoughts are going to be like well hello there and you're like damn it and everyone sees
1: yeah
0: you know but it's also the sort of thing like you could deal with the embarrassment right or you can deal with the social faux pas that go on there but i couldn't live my life without trust okay
1: scenario following this let's say you're in a session with a kid or someone else And they're telling you something disturbing or dark or I don't know. And your thoughts go, oh, this kid, it might kill somebody. I don't know. Your thoughts betray you because it's floating above your head and the kid can clearly person, whatever, can clearly see what you're thinking about them. And like, you know, it's it's hard to not judge, not that you're judgmental. I'm not calling you that, but everyone has those thoughts and and instinctual judgments and reactions. Would that not hurt you? You know, like professionally.
0: You know, and it's it's the sort of thing like the traditional way of doing therapy, the the Freudian like lay on the couch thing, that thought, those thoughts in that environment would have been absolutely destructive, you know, but my style of therapy is very meta and it's very process oriented. So if a kid's telling me like, yeah, man, if it was up to me, I would, you know, I would take my dad's gun and I would, I'm like, hey, you know, my thoughts would be like, bring, bring, bring. like, yeah. listen, like, that thought scares me. But I the thing is, I say that stuff all the time, right? I think it would be hard if a kid is, like, rattling on and on about Minecraft for 45 minutes and my thoughts are, like, I... You're sleeping. So get, right? Yeah,
1: your thoughts are, oh, my God, yeah.
0: But I think you can use it, right? I think you can use it to, to say, like, why do you think my brain is doing this right now? Is it because you've been talking about Minecraft nonstop for the last 45 minutes? You know... It's the sort of thing. It's the yeah, the um you ever seen the movie The Invention of Lying? Oh, I don't, I haven't. Worth worth a watch. It's Ricky Gervais. Um and um let's see what uh what the hell was her name? Uh I cannot think what? of her name. Was um, she on? Um uh, she she she's in the Capital One ads. Uh she was it was Jennifer Gardner. There it is. Okay. Um, and like a lot of great comedians are in it. Louis C. K is in it, uh Bobby Monaghan is in it. Uh, Rob Lowe is the antagonist, but the whole idea of the movie is that you live in a world just like ours, but nobody can lie. So everybody's thoughts come out all the time, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, and it's the and Ricky Gervais's character bumps his head, and he's he's the only person who's ever been able to lie. So he's at the bar with his friends, and you know, he's a very white comedian. He goes, "Hey guys, I'm an Eskimo," and the bartender's like, "Whoa, I've never met an Eskimo before." He's like, "Also, I'm a seven foot four black man." He's like wow, I've never met us. like, I mean, it's just, they all commit so much to this bit, right? But it's the sort of thing, like, that kind of raw honesty created a society where there was a lot less artifice and a lot less bullshit, right? If you went on a date, and you saw in your date's head, like, I wish I could go home, like my, you know, my cat and my vibrator at home, you'd be like, no, I'm not going to lose my time, right? Like, yes, ouch, but wouldn't you rather know that three minutes than three hours?
1: No, yeah, I mean that's true. Or or you can just change it. Or you're like, okay, well, it's clearly you have to switch something up here. If that, yeah, right. that yeah, if yeah. that if that thought persists. It's like, okay, well, I'm not giving up. I don't know. Interesting. Okay, you just work with it. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know. Uh, for for in terms of me picking one, by the way, I I think yeah. I pick it with you. Having no one trust you just kind of sucks.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, I, I just. I just couldn't it would just suck it, it's, it's something kind of bothers me about that one uh so next last question would you rather have uh giant cow udder nipples where your regular nipples are or a baboon's ass I don't know where I got this one from but yeah anyway. that's
0: a uh I mean that is a uh it's quite the question um yeah. I, I gotta say probably um probably go baboon's ass I think I, Ooh, okay okay no real rhyme or reason to it but just lay it out there why not
1: right is so. it because it's less noticeable because it's in your back yeah. well, right? i mean that's a good reason like let's go with that <laughs> got it okay cool i uh pick i pick i don't want to agree with you but i pick the bedrooms
0: test has i guess <laughs> right i mean it's it's like this is one where it's like man there may not be a good answer to this one right but like you know, it's like, well, you know, I mean, like, you know, given two bad options, you go with the the least shitty one. And I think in this well,
1: case. yeah. Sorry, finish the pun.
0: No. <laughs> well, you mean, you saw where I was going with it. Like,
1: uh... <laughs> OK, yeah, uh, we're going to end it there. Psych. No, Ugh, that's all. I'm, I apologize. Uh, <laughs> no, you they... should be very proud of that one. It was very nice. Don't. Don't you
0: don't patronize me?
1: <laughs> I'm not <laughs> proud of that at all.
0: <laughs> nah, nah, you really you really shouldn't been, but it was fun. We you know we we had fun. That's what matters.
1: Cool. Thanks everyone for joining in this episode with those crazy questions. Uh, yeah, we're gonna end it there. Um, hey, Matt, is there anything you want to plug or tell the listeners in general?
0: Uh, you know what? I mean, I this is not the always what I talk about, but it, you know, if the way I layer in you mental health concepts to sort of day-to-day conversations was appealing to you, then all you have to do is, you know, punch in my website, drmatzakreski.com. It's a great way to get me to do a, you know, to come out and talk about mental health and living this stuff, making decisions with your, uh, with your company, with your school. You know, I mean, you know, there's um, a talk I'm doing right now is called the power of non-zero thinking and it's all about owning anxiety to make the best possible decision you make without fighting that feeling, which gets in our way. So, you know, people have been really responsive to it. But, you know, I mean, just, it's one of the things, I love what I do, so the more I get to do it, the happier I am.
1: Well, it's awesome. Yeah, no, I wanna say thank you again, um, Dr. Matthew, for coming on, and everyone, let me know in the comments, or my Instagram, your questions, email them to me. Instagram is where I post the most Um, updates and things and uh yeah i'm done share this with your friends share this with your enemies everyone stay safe all right thanks for having me thank you as always follow my music producer d800 d-800 at beatstars or soundcloud.com